0: you're listening to the Catalyst Church Podcast, here to incite change through Jesus. Check us out on social media, Catalyst Church NZ. Now, onto this week's message. I want to follow on with what I shared last week. You know, I really do believe that at the start of the year, it's such a key time in our lives to look at what we're doing, to look at how our lives are operating. And last week as I shared about not settling on the way to the promise, so I want to continue along in that same vein, that same theme, and follow on what happened uh, as we kicked uh, ended the story in Genesis 12 with Abraham. I want to go back and I want to revisit. and I want to see what, what happened there. And so I want to uh, start today's uh, scripture. I want to read to you from Genesis 12, verse 7. And it says this, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. And after that, after that, Abram traveled south to set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. Isn't it so interesting that with Abraham's life, as we learn and know that he'll become Abraham, the father of faith, this incredible man of God, that this whole world has been blessed and changed and transformed with. In the very early days, as he set out onto the promise of God. He made a purposeful decision that wherever he went, he made a space to connect with God. He dedicated an altar and he would worship. He made purposeful steps to create moments to spend with God, places for worship. And this is what I want to really impress. This is what God has been speaking to me as a follow on from last week. You know, part of Abraham's success in his story and his life, as we read back and look at his life, was the fact that he made a purposeful attempt, no matter where he went, no matter what was going on. And you know what? Sometimes in our lives, there comes moments where life doesn't happen as we expected. I know that when we started this this idea of launching Catalyst Church in 2020, in February of 2020, we weren't expecting a global pandemic. We weren't expecting uh, a lockdown for us to go into lockdown just a mere four Sundays after we had started gathering here in the home. But you know what? God had another plan. And I want to read to you in verse 10, what it continues on to say. It says this, at that time, A severe famine struck the land of Canaan. Remember, Canaan is the promised land. That is the land that God had given to Abraham, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. What? What do you mean? Like Andy, didn't last week you say, look, don't settle on the way to the promise and Abraham got all the way to the promised land. And yet here we find just a few short verses later that Abraham is forced out of the land he was given as a promise. He reached the promised land. He reached the place that God had spoken to him. And yet here we see in verse 10 that due to circumstances outside of his control, he was forced to shift from that location. What this means is that the promise of God was delayed, not because of any fault, not because of any reason in his own life, not because he had made some gross error or sin or anything else but simply because the circumstances of life no longer allowed him to stay in that same place and he wasn't able to claim it. And so we see here in verse 10 that he has to disappear and go down. And then you can read through the rest of this here through uh, verse 11 through 20 that, he actually goes down and he lives his life there and, and he pulls the wall over the eyes of Pharaoh and, and says that Sarah is his sister and all sorts of things go on. And eventually at the end of that, the Pharaoh says, look, get out of here. Go back home. You know, and I want to tell you right now that you may have entered into the promised land. You may have seen glimpses of the promises of God and for whatever reason in your life, You have not been able to stay there. Maybe it's because circumstances outside of your control have not enabled you to stay in that place. Maybe because other people's decisions, other people's actions have forced you for a season in time to move away. I want to tell you today, I want to prophesy over you today that the promise of God is not done simply because you can't stay in it all the time. I want to tell you that even though for a season you may, like Abraham, be forced to move to another place, be forced to go to a place where you're a foreigner. I want to prophesy and say there is coming a day soon where you come back to your promise. Will you come back into the purposes and promises that God has for you? So in chapter 13, check this. So Abraham left Egypt. He traveled north into Negev along with his wife Lot and all that they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. And from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel. And they pitched their tents in Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built the altar. And there he worshiped the Lord again. Now, I love this. This bit of scripture here and these few small verses is such a key in order how that shows us how we are to live our lives in order to make the promises of God come true. You see, we might have entered into it, we may have stepped out of it, maybe it's in a, a, because of decisions that we've made, maybe because we've fallen away or whatever, or maybe because of circumstances outside of our control. But if right now you find that you're not where you wanna be in God, maybe you've been somewhere before and you wanna go back to it, I wanna tell you the great thing is is that God is calling you back and the thing is is that God will take us back there in stages. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight, all in one go. In verse 3, it says this. uh, Sorry, in verse verse 3 from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages. And the first key that I want to share with you today is that life happens in stages. We do not have to do everything at once. Life is a journey and will always be accomplished stage by stage, step by step moment by moment day by day it's not like all of a sudden we can look back and we magically open and we're we're there we've made it we've done it no stages and i don't know if you're anything like me but when I look at my life and I look at the plans and I look at the purposes that I want to see, I want to make sure that I give a hundred percent, but when I want to give a hundred percent, I also want to see that hundred percent reaping, that hundred percent result. I want to see, I want to do the very best and I want to have the fullness of everything there. But sometimes, for whatever reason, that's just not practical. You know. We can't just do everything like, you know, in different seasons and stages in our lives. Like when when I was a parent with young children and they were waking up in the night, I couldn't get all the sleep that I wanted. I wasn't as efficient as I wanted to be. You know, at different seasons and stages in our life, we may be restricted from doing everything that we want to do. But yet here, if we just point our ship in the right direction, if we take steps towards God and whatever it is that He has called us to do, and understand that this is a season, this is a stage and we tick off that stage. We know that we get closer to where God has called us to be. And you know, right now is January and we've now passed the date where most... New Year's resolutions fail, it's only 17 days for New Year's resolutions to, to fail and in most instances well, over 50% fail. You know we've come to that point and we look at the year and most of us would overestimate what we can do in one year. We have all these great plans about having washboard abs and paying off hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and becoming the, the CEO of a, a new entrepreneurial enterprise that is opening up buildings and shops left, right and centre. Like we have all these dreams and we plan them out for one year and we overestimate what we do in one year but yet for so many of us we underestimate the power of what we can do in five years or ten years. And I'm, I have it stirred on my heart, I think, to ser- to share a series about living our best life and being intentional about what it takes for us to get from where we are now to five years down the track. I've been really inspired around that. But you know what? We underestimate what we can do in several years' time. And if we would, in this moment, take in this season the energy, the effort to do just the one stage and have that marked off on our belt, tick that off and have that a part of who we are, then we can build upon that and build upon the next thing and build upon the next thing. And this is what happened in Abraham's life is that he was in the promised land and then he was forced out And then he came back, but he came back in stages. He came back in what he could do. And he would go until he couldn't come any further and then he would camp. But he wouldn't stay in that place of camping. He would move on again and again until eventually he returned back to where God had called him. And today, my friends, you might be going, man, Andy, I just so wish I could be so much further down the track than where I am with God. I, I just wanna I wanna go so hard for God. I wanna do all this, but all I can do is this one little thing. Well, let me tell you something, my friend, that if you can do that one little thing, that one little thing will become two, will become three, will become five, will become ten. And all of a sudden, you'll start to snowball in your relationship with God and the call of God and the purposes of God and the things that God has called you to do. So I wanna challenge you today to start making those steps, those little steps, those things, those foundational things that will guide you, direct you, those habits that you start to formulate. Man, when we talk about praying, man, if you don't know how to pray, then set a timer on your phone and an alarm once a day to go off and maybe it's just 30 seconds. Maybe it's just one line. Maybe you learn a prayer that you pray every day and you just start praying that prayer. I want to tell you, my friend, as you start in something, God will build upon that he will see that and honor that and will bring increase around you. And maybe you just start praying a little bit and then you start praying a little bit more and then all of a sudden as you're praying you start to hear from God. Maybe you've never heard from God before and you just want to hear His voice and all of a sudden you're praying and you start to get these flash thoughts, these ideas, or maybe you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden the scriptures come alive and God starts to speak to you because you persist in taking those stages. I want to tell you, my friend, right now, we don't need to be at the end goal. All we need to do is take the steps right now that that point us in the right direction so that we start getting closer to the promises of God. In verse 5, and then it continues on in chapter 13, Lot, who was traveling with Abraham, had also had become very wealthy, with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with their flocks and herds living so close together. Verse 7, so disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Pezzerites were also living in the land. Finally, Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen after all we're close relatives the whole countryside is open to you take your choice of any section of land you want and we will separate and if you want the land to the left then I'll take the land to the right and if you prefer the land on the right then I'll go to the left and then lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan of valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord of the or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham so Abraham settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled amongst the cities of the plain isn't it interesting just as a little side note that Lot went to the east that meant Abraham went out to the west west is best okay northwest that's where we're at um but you know what he went out there and uh, I want to say, in this, we see so many things that Abraham's doing. That as he went to God in stages, and uh, the and I actually meant to read verse four. It says this: th- This was the same place where Abraham had built the altar. And there he worshipped the Lord again. This was the same place. He had returned to a place where he had created an altar and he had worshipped God. He had took time for God. And you know what? Right now, today, here, we're going to take a gap. We're going to worship God. I just want to take the next three minutes. And it's all it's going to be. And I want you to right now, if you can, to stop everything you're doing. I want you to stand up on your feet if you can. I want you to lift your hands and we're going to worship God right now. Let's go. Let's do it. Come on, guys. Good is that? Man, I just love worship. And Abraham was a person that created worship wherever he went. He built altars, he spent time with God, and he worshiped. And he made a choice to worship again. Despite not seeing immediate results and fruit and experiencing difficulties in his life, even though he felt like he may have been going backwards, he might not have been going forwards, and he was only just clawing, like with every ounce of effort to get back to where he was meant to be, he still chose to worship. And you know what? I want to encourage you today to choose to worship, to choose to spend time with God, to choose to allow in your life to have a heart and an attitude and a spirit that is a worshiper of God. You know, we lift our hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of openness, as a sign that would say, God, here I am, I lay down my life and I give it to you. I give it over to you. And one of the two keys that I want to share with you from Abraham's life was that he was a person that worshipped. I want to encourage you to get a playlist of worship. We've got several. You can go into Spotify. You can just look up Catalyst Church in New Zealand. And on there, we've got playlists that we've shared with you. Not only can you listen to the, to the podcast and catch the messages and relive them, and I encourage you to do that too, by the way, because every time I re-listen to a message, I get more from it. Um, but I want to encourage you to go on there and to, to have some worship playlists. Save worship because worship resets us. But the reason worship resets us is twofold. Firstly, the Bible says that when we worship God, He is enthroned by the praises of His people. That means we put God in His rightful place above our lives. But the second reason worship is so powerful is that it takes our focus of that which is around us and focuses it on God. Because the reality is this, the facts of a situation might disagree with what the truth of God's word is. And I wanna tell you, the truth of God's word always trumps the facts. The fact is you might not have enough, You're not have enough ability, but in God, you can do all things. In God, you are more than a conqueror. In God, you are the head and not the tail. In God, you are healed. In God, you have every resource you need. I want to tell you right now that the facts may speak one thing, but when we worship, we set our eyes, we set our attention on our creator, on the one who made us with a purpose and a destiny and in his presence as he is enthroned over our lives we change the direction we head because we worship I want to encourage you have times of worship I know right now we are not been able to gather together like I would love to to play worship to do worship to spend time in worship but yet worship is not just about doing it in a group Worship is about you spending time with God. And I encourage you right now to take some time, maybe today, maybe maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. You just find some time. Make some time. Make some time because it's so hard to find time. You need to make some time to worship God. But the second thing that I love is, is that Abraham was a man of action. And in verse 7, it says that there was disputes breaking out between his herdsmen and, and those of Lot. I love the attitude that he has and I think this is such a key attitude that we need to carry today in this day and age. In verse 8 he said this to Lot. Abraham said this, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all we're close relatives. And you know, today I see so much division going on right now with a pandemic going on and mandates being placed in this country for for who can go where and who can do what. I see people on both sides of that coin that they're, they're, they're saying, you know what, you're like this. And they say, no, you're like this. And I hear conversations and I want to say let's not let let's not let this conflict come between us let's not let these different points of views man how many times in families have there been arguments about stuff whether it's been religion or politics whether it's been about how relationships have operated whether it's about being how you raise your kids man I tell you there's all sorts of reasons or things about why you do certain things and these differences these points of views come up and they shift us and I want to tell you when conflict comes. The goal of conflict separates us from bringing unity. The Bible says in Psalm 133 that where there is unity, God commands His blessing. And so, this is the truth of conflicts that are happening right now. This is the truth of where people have, uh, where people are so with one another and they have this is that it brings separation it brings up a wall and the enemy's goal is that while we are trying to enter into the promise or while we are sitting in the promise is to try and separate us from God and from his people. And he wants to do that by stopping us from worshiping. And he wants us to stop us to do that by stopping us from having unity. He wants to bring division. He wants us to think, well, that so-and-so said this, and this so-and-so thinks this, and this so-and-so has been selfish, and they're only doing this and that. But I wanna tell you what, our God is so much bigger. And our God wants to allow us to live together in unity. And I love how Abraham said, you know what? There is plenty of land around here. We need right now to maybe find some space and maybe you do need some space. We might, we, we all need space at different times in our lives. But I wanna tell you, that even as he did this, he said, look, wherever you want to go. And he was so carefree. He allowed whatever to happen, trusting that while he was in the promised land, that God would honor what he said. That as his heart was right towards God, as he worshiped God, as he strove to create unity and not allow conflict to bring division, he knew that that his decision could be placed in other people's hands. And that even though he is not fully in control, because he said, you want to go east, you go west, you want to go west, you want to go west, you go west, then Whatever happens, you go. He was sweet with it. He didn't sweat it because you know what? He knew that God was bigger. And I want to tell you right now in your life, even when situations might not seem like they're the right way that you want them to go, even though situations may feel a little bit funny, don't sweat those things. It was especially when it doesn't look right, because God is in control. He has a plan, and He will bring it. in. the Bible says that God works all things for the good of those who love Him. And I want to. Tell you right now, God will take your situation and He will turn it, twist it, and make it into His plans and purposes. As long as you keep a right heart before God, you continue to worship Him, try and do your best to live in peace with all people as much as it is within your power. And I want to tell you, there is a shift that comes around your life. There is a shift that will come around your world. And I tell you that as we do this, God will increase around your life. You will be blessed. There is principles that come through. As you hear His voice, a peace will come upon you. Again, I wanna share that again today. I know last week I felt that as I was praying that there was peace but you know what in this season of unrest and uncertainty and everything being so uh traumatic and in turmoil and uncertain that man I I had someone come into my work this week and they were one of our members and I said hey are we gonna see so-and-so turn up and they said no they're not gonna come in they're so too afraid you know of what's going on and I understand that you know for people in different circumstances than their lives you know for whatever reason need to to take the right steps that work for them but I tell you God doesn't call us to be afraid for God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind and I want to tell you that even in the midst of everything that's going on I want to tell you I will worship God whether I, whether we are in a pandemic whether we are a lockdown or in a traffic light system I I will worship God, whether I am in full health or whether I have got some some sickness going on. I will worship God. When I have all finances and I'm blessed and I'm wealth, or I have lack and I have nothing, I will worship God. I will worship God, and I will seek to be in community and connection, and not allow division to separate me. And I want to tell you right now, God is wanting to release peace upon people like like you would not believe. And God, I release that peace. Father, as people are listening to this right now, I thank you that peace would come into that situation. The other thing that I feel so strongly is that there's people here and... Situations have happened, maybe people have said stuff, maybe they said stuff they shouldn't, maybe they've done things, maybe actions have come across and you just feel like you have just coming away. Like you know, you just can't do it. I want to tell you right now, God does not want you to separate from them just because of that. I I love this. Let's not allow this conflict to become between us. You know, conflicts come and they go. But I tell you right now that God is wanting to bring unity amongst his people, amongst the church, the the people being the church, the body of Christ. And if you have an offense with someone, I want to encourage you right now to be the bigger person, to reach out to them and say, you know what? I know that we've had our differences. I know you've done these things. And I want to tell you, I love you. I wanna tell you that I I wanna be in connection with you. I wanna choose to do that. Because God wants to bring us in to the next step, the next season, the next stage in our journey. And so God, I thank you for that right now that you would release reconciliation where it's required. God, help people to deal with offense. Lord, to not allow this conflict to divide them any longer. You know, today I wanna pray for anybody that's watching this. You know, you might be watching this going, you know what, I found myself in such difficulty, I'm, I don't, I'm so lost. Man, I, I get this real strong sense right now that there's people that are listening to this today. And you would say in your heart of hearts, you know what, Andy, I'm just lost. I'm lost. My, my life is a mess. I don't know where I'm at, what's going on. My life is just not right right now. And, and for some of you that are saying that you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Well, the Bible says that sin separates us from God and that the price of sin is death, but that Jesus paid the price for our sin so that we could be made right before God, so that we no longer have to die and spend an eternity away from him, but that we can be reconciled back to God and have relationship with him to be a part of his family. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to give an opportunity for anybody watching this right now to pray a prayer with me in just a moment. The words will come up on the screen. And I want to encourage you right now that if you've never made that decision, you're lost right now and you've never made that decision, that you make that decision today. Or maybe you made a decision, but right now you're far from God. You're backslidden, you've done things that you know you shouldn't have. You've moved away from God and you know what? God's calling you back today. Today, make that decision. Or maybe God is a a concept that you've known of, but you just don't know where you stand before God. And I want to tell you today, you can be sure. As I said before, as you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I want you to, in a moment, to make that decision. And if in your heart of hearts, as I'm saying this, you know that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray this. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I surrender my life. God, I am sorry for every wrong thing that I have done. And I thank you that you have paid the price so that I could be forgiven. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose, and God, with your help, I can step forward into the destiny that you have for me. I thank you today that I am now a new creation and that I am a part of the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, I've got some fantastic news. As we prayed before, the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is God and the new has come. And I want to tell you that you you are a new person and a part of the family of God, a child of God. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there is a comment coming up. We want you to like that comment. And that way we can help you and pray for you and the next steps you can take in your journey with God today. uh, We have on our website uh, a page about Jesus that helps you with the next steps, about some of the things you can do practically. We would love to encourage you in your next steps with your journey with God. Hey, well, amen. I hope today you have been challenged by that. I know that in this season it's so easy for us to to continue living life and I want to challenge you today. Why don't you set some time this week to purposely engage in connection with God in the space of worship. Be a worshiper. And if you know that you need to make connection with someone and make something right with an offense, then you take your time this week and that you deal to that, to deal to to that and create around your world a, a place that is free from tension but full of worship. And I know that as we do that, as we step into
1: that, God will come and shift things with you.